Welcome to the business of being well. If you're a hands-on practitioner who wants to grow a profitable business without working your life away, you're in the right place. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode. I have a new guest here with us today. Her name is Mindy Totten, and I'm excited to bring her to you because we might share the same brain. Now, I hope it doesn't make you go, oh, great. <laughs> We're just going to hear more of the same. I am excited for you to hear from Mindy today because, yes, we have a lot of um, similarities in our in our own experiences and what we help other people with. But I know that she's going to bring a different and unique perspective to running your business and having the life that you want to live today. So, Mindy... Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a bit more about who you are and what you do. Okay, certainly. Thank you, Dr. Danielle. I am delighted to be here today. I am a business coach for massage and bodywork therapists. And my background is in teaching, actually. I was a, a humanities and English teacher for years and years. And um, I won't go too far into it because <laughs> I could go on and on, but um, back in the day, my husband and I decided that we wanted to try something a little bit different. So we basically sold or gave away everything that we owned, and we decided to travel the world for a while. So we spent two years in Berlin, and then three years in Istanbul, and then three years in Singapore. And during this time, I was teaching in international schools. And while we were in Singapore, I had an extremely stressful job and I got really, really sick and nothing that Western medicine had to offer was helping me. And so I was talking with a friend of mine who had been in Singapore for a while and she said, Mindy, you, this is what you need to do. And Danielle, I thought this was the craziest idea I had ever heard. It was so out of my realm of possibility. She said, I think you need to go see a chiropractor. And I was just like, I don't even know what a chiropractor is or does, <laughs> or, you know, this was like, I don't know, 20 years ago or something, but I trusted this person. And so I went in and I had a consultation with a chiropractor. She helped me um, three or four sessions. And then she said, I think that you would really benefit from craniosacral therapy. And again, I was like, this, what are you talking about? You know? all of my issues were in the pelvic diaphragm area. And I was like, I do not need a head rub. I need somebody to help me with what, with what I'm struggling with. But I said, okay, let me go to see this person who practices craniosacral therapy. And at the end of the session, I knew that something had shifted. You know, that feeling where it's not like, oh, I'm cured or, oh, everything is better now. But I knew that something had changed. And mm -hmm. I have a very analytical mind. And so I dove in to research this craniosacral therapy, you know, whatever the heck that was. And I decided that I wanted to know more and I wanted to learn more about how this was helping me to heal. So at that time, you know, I was just <laughs> like, I, I had no concept that what I put into my mouth, what I ate could actually affect my well-being and my energy. You know, I mean, I was just so out there. I, I just wanted to go to the doctor and get a pill and feel better. And when my body started saying that's no longer going to work, it opened up this whole new world to me. 
So fast forward, we leave Singapore, we come back to America, and I decide that I want to pursue this craniosacral therapy. So I went to massage school with the sole purpose of practicing cranial work one day, uh, went through the Upledger curriculum, opened my own practice. And like many of your listeners, I'm sure, I just felt like if, if I build it, they will come. You yeah. know? So I opened the practice doors and we had just moved to Wilmington, North Carolina at the time. And I knew no one except a realtor. <laughs> and I just thought, okay, everyone's going to come and here get all of my wonderful work that I'm doing. That didn't last very long at all, of course. And I recognized, okay, I have to do something else here if I want to make a go of it with this, with this practice. So I did what a lot of people do, perhaps some of your listeners, I started scouring the internet and I got some mediocre advice, some bad advice, a few things maybe worked, a few things didn't. And I recognized that I really needed to get some solid support around this business or I wasn't going to be able to make a go of it. So I did, I reached out, I got some business support from a, a mentor. We did some one-on-one -on -one work together. And finally I was able to really create the practice that I had dreamed of. Now, remember, this is like seven years have gone by. If I could just go back and just do all of that from the very beginning, you know, and that's why I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy for your listeners who are getting support from you and your programs. But anyway, so once I started getting a full practice, I was trying to figure out how to be of service to more people. So I started presenting the one and two day workshops for the Upledger Institute. And I, you know, I'm a teacher at heart, so I loved that. But I kept seeing these practitioners who would come in for the classes and they would just, I know you know what I'm talking about. They have wonderful skills, excellent hands, but we're not able to make a go of it. And they would say to me, you know, Mindy, how did you do it? How how did you keep your doors open? I think I'm going to have to get a second job or I don't know what to do. So I said to myself, I think I can be of even more service by helping people with the business side of their practices. Mm -hmm. So they in turn can keep the doors open and help people to heal. So that's a sort of a reader's digest version of my journey from not knowing anything about this industry or this, <laughs> this sort of subculture that we're in at all to helping other people grow their practices so that they can serve more people. I think it's really cool when someone has that personal firsthand experience with the, um, the modality that they then go on to learn and, and practice themselves. I didn't have that. I just, I chose chiropractic as a career. I'd had a marketing um, undergraduate degree and a social work undergraduate oh, degree. And I was like, uh -huh. how can I put these two things together in a way that makes sense for all the time I spent in my undergraduate degree? <laughs> right, right. And chiropractic just kept coming up. And I was like, that makes sense. I could own my own business and I can help people. There we go. So I then dove in and my, my parents, I was pretty young when I started, I guess uh, I was like 24. I think when I started chiropractic school, mm -hmm. they were like, well, you're going to do what? <laughs> because we, <laughs> we don't have um, any doctors in our family or any, any kind of healthcare providers at all. And I was just like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And now here we are. <laughs> Take me back to that time in your practice where you sought out um, help for your business, what was going on at that time that made you feel like you, you needed to do something different? 
I think that the the real low point came for me when I was doing my business numbers. I, I have to start here by saying that I'm a Virgo with Virgo rising. And I didn't know what that meant either, but people have told me that I'm very detail oriented. So I always, from the beginning of my practice, I always knew how much was coming in, how much was going out. And probably about six, seven years into my practice, I was doing my numbers at the end of the month. And, you know, things had been like, like they are sometimes when we're starting out kind of feast or famine, you know, you do a lot of marketing, you build things up and then you say, phew, okay, I'm, I'm done. Uh-huh. And, and then when those clients either, you know, feel better and don't come back, or we haven't given them any kind of a treatment program, whatever, they sort of go on their way. And then you crash back down again because yep. you haven't been doing your marketing and working on the business side of your practice. So I was going through that feast or famine cycle a couple of times. And I, as I said, this one month, I looked at the numbers and it just hit me really, really strongly. Like, Mindy, if you don't get this together, you are going to have to shut your doors. And I'm the primary breadwinner in our family. And I, so I was not only jeopardizing my own financial future, but my husband's as well. And, you know, I never thought like, okay, well, let me try something else. I knew in my heart that this was the work that I wanted to do that you can say that I was meant to do. And so I, I knew like, okay, all of these things that I've tried doing it my way hasn't worked and doing it my way at that point. Do you, do you remember the secret? Yeah. 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 So I sort of had this idea, well, if I just think about it enough, right? Oh. I've heard this before, I'm sure, right? <laughs> if I just envision it, you know, and do my vision board, everything, and I'm not knocking having a vision for your practice. I think that's very oh, yeah. important, but yeah. I wasn't taking concrete steps to make it happen. I was just sort of thinking good thoughts and hoping that it would magically materialize somehow. So I recognized that I needed more than what I had been doing. And so I reached out, um, back then there wasn't much available for bodywork practitioners in terms of help for your business. So I reached out to a coach who had some experience with bodywork and that was so, so helpful. It was, um, it was the opportunity for me to see some of my blind spots and just, I've never had a problem with accountability for me obnoxiously. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it um, sometimes to my detriment, like Mindy, just leave that. No, but I said I was going to do it. You know, um, I've never had a problem with accountability, but I just didn't know what to do. You know, I, I didn't know what to do. So this person helped me a great deal. And then when I created the Bodywork Project, which is my group coaching program, I created it in such a way that it could be the thing that I wish I had had. Do you know what I mean, Dr. Daniel? Like I, when I was starting out, if I had had this program, then I know that I could have built a solid business foundation from the very beginning and could have saved yeah. myself so much heartache, you know? So yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to create the program that I wish had been there for me when I was starting out. I 100% relate. Tell me, in your opinion, when you go through massage therapy school or CST training, what are you taught about business? Um, not 
a whole lot. So I I want to be careful because of course every um, every school has different curriculum and a, a different way they set things up. But when you consider the fact that your practice, the business side of your practice is absolutely every bit as important as the therapeutic side of your practice. So, you know, it should be, or maybe not should be, it could be half and half. You learn half your modality and half business. It's not anywhere near that. So I think when I was in massage school all those years ago, it was maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour. And what we learned were really, I don't want to say basic things, but were fundamental things like, here's how you get a business license. Here's how you get certified. Here's how you get a license. You know, they weren't, okay, here's how to grow a practice. Here's what you want to think about when you are thinking about a vision for your practice. So the answer is not a whole lot. How much do they teach in chiropractic school around business? Not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I went through a DC program and then taught at a chiropractic college for four years. And um, that was a long time ago, but at that time, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot. Now we almost every trimester. So like there's three trimesters each calendar year, right? Mm -hmm. Almost every trimester we had a professional development class and some of them were, they were supposed to be teaching us about business. And it's not to say that they weren't, it was just like, like you said, it was very, very fundamental. Like here's how to balance a checkbook. Right. And I was like, I had already been living on my own since I was 18. I'm like, I, I learned how to do that right out of high school, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. got that down. So um, I'm not sure that that was very useful for many of the students. And, and it's something that I hear very often that chiropractic school doesn't teach you anything or very much at all about business. But I think it's also just not, I mean, there's so much other stuff to teach you during that time that right. It's like, well, how much longer do you want to go to school? Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's a, it's a paradox, right? But because yeah. without the business education or, you know, just <laughs> the very basics, you're not going to be able to make a go of it, no matter how great your, your skills are. And that's such a paradox. It's oh, so hard. It is. It is. But that's why we need to have these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you transitioned at some point, it sounds like to working in your own practice to solely focusing on supporting other practitioners. What was that transition like for you? I tried several things to tell you the truth. I, um, I, at first I thought, okay, well maybe I'll hire somebody else and somebody else can, you know, work underneath me. And that kind of bombed. I, I had a person come in sort of like an apprentice working with me and she was fantastic. But in a solo practitioner practice, my people who were used to me and who loved me, they didn't want to go see somebody else, you know? That so, is such a hard thing. It's so I mean, hard. Oh so my hard. gosh. When you put your hands on people, it's like your handwriting. It's so unique. Yeah. And yeah. it's really hard to teach someone how to write just like you do. Exactly. Make it look exactly the same. And and I could argue that, you know, I don't necessarily want other people's handwriting to be just like mine. You know, yeah. they need to develop their own handwriting. And so yep. that didn't, I mean, that was just one of the reasons that it it didn't quite work out. I, I was also like, oh, this means I have to spend a lot of time managing people. 
um, do I want to do that? I was like, mm. so I had been teaching, as I said, for the Upledger Institute. And so I thought, well, you know, is there like a business thing that I want to, you know, course that I want to teach through another entity, you know, like you said, going to a massage school or something and teaching business that way. And I was like, mm. and then I said, you know, what I often ask myself, Mindy, if it could be any way you want it to be, if you could have it be any way you want it to be, how would you serve these people? How would you serve them? And that's when I started thinking about, okay, here's what I would have wanted if I had, if when I was coming directly out of school and needed some support, here's what it would have looked like. So I created an online course. I, you know, sort of tested it out with some people who I knew who, you know, were familiar with me and my work. And it was just fantastic. I loved doing it. They loved learning. They loved the community aspect of it. So I was like, okay, this could be something. This could really help a lot of people because I just think of it, I'm sure like you do too, Dr. Danielle, like a ripple, right? So my little teeny bit plops into the water and then it just ripple, it can ripple outward helping so many more people than if I were just trying to see people hands-on one at a time. Yes. Same for me, for sure. Actually, I have to remind myself of that often because I know the value of the hands-on care mm -hmm. that we provide in our professions. I'm really clear about that. And I sometimes feel like oh, I should be doing so much more of that. And then I'm like, well, <laughs> actually I don't feel good when I'm seeing a lot of patients. I don't feel well. My body hurts. It feels like it's going to fall apart. And I know that things have just lined up in my life to lead me to doing what I do now. And I'm actually pretty good at it. And so I have to like remind myself when that thought process comes up of, oh my gosh, but, but, but I should be doing that. That's what's the most impactful that what I am doing helps many more people who are really awesome at what they do to do that, to make right, that to, impact. To help that many more people. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me more about what you have found um, for yourself as a massage therapist and a cranial sacral therapist. What has been the most effective in growing your own practice? Well, again, I've thought about these things very deeply, you know, since I've been creating this program. And so if you were to have asked me five years ago, I had a different answer. Oh, it was this. But now looking back onto it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's how it helped. That's how it grew. And that's how I was able to, what I call step into my power, you know, stepping into your power and being what I call a pro and a CEO of your business. So I created this framework to help with students inside the Bodywork Project, but I'll, I'll share it with your listeners too, to see if it resonates with, with anyone. So to have a successful practice, and this is what I did as well, you have to be both a pro, a professional, and the CEO of your business. You have to do the professional therapeutic part, and you have to do the business part. So in this framework that I created, this is sort of how I grew my practice as well. The first part of being a pro is working toward mastery. So I'm going to put something out there right now that might not be very popular, but far be it for me not to speak my truth, <laughs> not to say what's on my mind. It doesn't matter if you have 
all the business acumen and skill in the world, if you do not offer excellent hands-on work, it's going to be very, very difficult to grow, to grow your practice. Yeah. So you have to have both. So the first piece of it is to work toward mastery, get really good at what you do. If possible, narrow your niche, narrow your focus so that you can get, you know, even better with the populations or the conditions of the people who you want to work with. So that is not something that ever finishes, of course. It's something that we come back to over and over again. The problem that a lot of practitioners face that I see is they, they just want to work toward mastery. They just want to take all the classes and do all the things and never do that other part, the CEO part. So first part of being a pro, therapeutically, work toward mastery, get very, very solid in your skills. And the second part of that is to create a safe container. And most of us know what that means, creating a safe container therapeutically in our practices. But I suggest that we also need to create a safe container for our businesses as well, allowing people to feel safe for the business side of our practice. Things like sticking to time limits, having processes in place. So, you know, somebody calls and then what happens? You know, how do we check somebody out? All of those things to create a safe container for our business as well. Um, hallelujah to that one, because <laughs> when you don't feel safe in your business, then you feel resistance to growing your business. Mm -hmm. And as it goes on over the long term, eventually you don't even want to participate in your business. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've had people I've worked with who kind of want other others to grow their business, you know, whether that's, um, oh, I, I, I should have had other practitioners refer people to me or my clients need to do this. Or It actually comes down to you. I mean, you're the pro and the CEO of your business. You are the face of your business. So going back to that framework, that first part is being a pro. So working toward mastery, creating a safe container for your business. At the same time, you need to work on the CEO part. And there are three parts to that in this framework of mine. So the first part is to reflect and to create a vision for your practice. Dr. Daniel, I can't tell you how many therapists I've worked with who've just been, you know, when I say, well, what's, what's the vision for your practice? What do you want it to look like? They say, I just want to get more clients, right? <laughs> that's, that's not a vision for your practice. That's not... Yeah. You know, you need to be much more clear about who you want to work with, when you want to work, how many days, you know, mornings or nights, what type of people do you want to work with? Do you want to have a, a big practice with lots of folks working with you or for you, or do you just want to be a solo practitioner? What is the vision for your practice? And you really need to take the time to reflect, journal, whatever it is, however you access your inner wisdom so that you have a clear vision for your practice. And once you do, the next step of that CEO phase is to build, start building, start taking those baby steps every single day, no matter how small the step is, every day you're doing something to grow your business. You know what you want it to look like. So you've got sort of the roadmap, you know where you're going. Now you need to start doing the work. And I see a lot of practitioners get stuck here too because they just want to do all the things, the networking, the social media, the this, the that, everything. 
but either they don't know what they're working toward or they're not putting, uh, they're not doing it strategically so that they see what works or what doesn't work. So there's just a whole yeah. lot of uh, action, like waving your hands around, but nothing's actually getting built. Yes. So then, so we've gotten reflect and then you're going to build. And then the last piece of the CEO phase is sustain. So you will get to a point in your practice. And if you're listening, I promise you, you will, because you're listening to this podcast and you're following Dr. Danielle's great advice. You will get to a point in your practice where you cannot see one more person hands-on. Like either your practice is completely full or you are burning out or you're suffering injury. You'll get to a point where if you want to be of service to more people, you'll have to look for ways to sustain your business. And that you know can be through leveraged income streams, that can be through passive income streams, but basically you want to think about in that stage, okay, how am I going to sustain this for as long as I want? And for some people, you know, maybe you just want to work in this industry for 10 years or so, and that's perfectly wonderful. Other people want this to be their lifetime careers. They want to work at this work until they're 65 and be able to retire. There are decisions and choices that you need to make along the way to ensure that you can do that. And they have to be carefully thought out and carefully put together so that you can accomplish this vision for your practice. So that's being a pro and a CEO. So your question was, what did you do to grow your practice? All those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One step at a time though, right? right exactly. Yeah. It's so interesting because I often find the opposite to be the case in chiropractic where people are really stuck in the pro phase. Like they want to learn. They want to take the continuing education courses all the time and mm-hmm. they invest a ton of time and a ton of money in their continued education, but they don't think about being the CEO of their business. They don't want to look at that stuff. They don't want to pay attention to the, the money. They don't want to do any bookkeeping. They don't want to do any marketing. They just want to learn the clinical stuff. Right. And that can be a really, uh, a really big trap to fall into because you can invest a lot in clinical education, but then not have the, the, the business knowledge to really maximize what you can be earning in your business. Right. Well, and it makes perfect sense, right? I mean, I don't know of anybody who got into this work to like do all the marketing and networking and everything you need to do, (laughs) right? right? We, we're basically (laughs) usually big hearted people who want to be of service to other people and, you know, in simplest terms, help them to feel better, you know, and there's no more important work in the world. I don't think particularly right now when, when, when things are, are so tense to be able to help people feel better so that they can be kinder. That is just extremely important work. So, yeah, I don't think I certainly didn't get into this to be like, Oh, wow. How can I build my practice? I just want to know the stuff. And I I see it all the time, Danielle, where people just say, okay, once I get this advanced certification, then everyone will start coming to me. Then my practice will fill. And like you said, sometimes those certifications are extremely expensive and there's certainly nothing wrong with investing in your clinical education. But as you said, there's got to be the other side to it or all of that invested money is not going to give you any return on your investment. 
let's talk a little bit about the balance between these two roles that we have to play in our businesses, being the professional and being the CEO. What I find oftentimes that people don't feel like they have the time available to be the CEO in their Mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. How do you help people overcome that? I have had um, students tell me that I'm a productivity ninja. Um, (laughs) I think it was a compliment. (laughs) I'm not sure. So um, when someone says that they don't have enough time, I, I usually flip it around and ask them to reflect um, on what they are spending their time doing. So I will ask students, you know, keep track of what you work on, you know, in your business for a week. And I usually don't have to say anything. They almost always come back and say, oh my gosh, you know, whatever it is. I had no idea I was spending two hours a day on social media, or I had no idea that you know, commuting was taking two hours a day, you know, 10 hours a week, whatever. Um, So there, in my experience, there usually is time to work on your business. The problem that I've seen is people don't know what to do. So they haven't gotten any training. They don't have any support. So, okay, I've put aside 30 minutes to work on my business every day. Now, what am I supposed to do during that time? You know, so. Yes. Yeah. Rather than it being a problem of not enough time, I I have found that it's more a problem of not having the appropriate support so that you know what the heck you're supposed to be doing to get your practice to the next level, whatever that means for you. Going back to the time when you had just started your practice, I think you said in Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah. And you were brand new to that area. I have a thought about, um, I have a thought about that, (laughs) but I'm curious to hear from you what your perspective is on um, starting a practice in a new area where you don't know anyone. Do you think that's a disadvantage? Um, I, I, looking back, it's not, it wasn't necessarily a disadvantage for me. Certainly if you know a lot of people in your area, you know, it's the same sort of question as can I start a practice in a teeny tiny town? right? Even if you've lived there a long time, because there's just oh, not yeah. many people. Yeah. I think you can have a successful business no matter where you live and no matter if you knew anyone, if you're just starting out. So for me, I, I felt like, you know, the sandwich boards that restaurant people, some, I felt like I was walking up and down the street, like, does anybody want a massage? Um, I wasn't, <laughs> of course, but I, I did a couple of things you know, looking back now, so I I did flyers, targeted flyers. I was a teacher. So I targeted teachers in town. Um, And, you know, I'm sure that, you know, the conversion rate for flyering is very, very, very low. And so I only had, I think, two or three people who responded to the flyers, but those people became lifelong clients. So I'm, I know that you've talked before about lifetime value of clients um, yeah. compared to acquisition costs of clients. So I was just sort of, you know, throwing confetti off the roof and hoping that something stuck. I would say, you know, well, no, let me hear what you're going to say. And then I'll tell you what I'd say about starting well, a business in a new place. I feel like starting a business in a new place is the perfect, it's the perfect excuse. Like being new to this town or city is the perfect excuse to go meet new people. Because if people hear you say, I'm new here, I wanna meet more people. They're like, oh, cool, let's get together. But if I'm like, hey, I'm Danielle and I've lived here for 10 years and I'm out wanting to grow my business, then they're like, eh, 
I've never, I've never thought about it, but you're absolutely right. I've never thought about it that way. It's sort of like when you're traveling by yourself, you're forced to meet people and talk with people. Whereas if you're traveling with a spouse or your family, you kind of more insular with each other, you know? Um, Yeah. I think that's absolutely what I had to do. I remember one time I went into a clothing store and I was looking for like, you know, clothes to wear while I was working um, you know, comfortable pants or whatever. And the person who was helping me said, Oh, you know, what, what are these pants going to be for? And I could barely even say the words out loud that I am a massage therapist and I practice something called craniosacral therapy. Like I couldn't even spit it out. I was that, um, not insecure, but that afraid, fearful about sounding salesy or pushy or anything like that. So when I think back to the transformation that I have gone through and that I see so many therapists who I work with go through, yeah, if you're new in a certain town and you can just say, hey, I'd love to meet more people. And it's, you know, that's easy then. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that's a very common um, fear, I think, is, you know, feeling, feeling like you're being salesy, even if you're just being a normal person out in your community. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, massage therapists have to wear pants too. <laughs> like, it's funny how we make those fears mean something that they really don't mean, right? Well, you were just there buying pants and someone asked you, what are they going to be for? <laughs> right, right. And yeah. And, you know, I, I think that is because for me and well, I won't project my stuff onto everybody else, but for many people who I've worked with as well, it means so much to us. You know, this yeah. work, this work, as you mentioned, is often work that has helped us to become whole in our own bodies, in our own lives. And so we've learned it and it just, it's almost like we're artists, right? We've created this thing. We are using this modality to serve other people and you put it out there. Like you might put out a painting or something that you've written and others can judge it and say, yeah, that's good or no thanks. And it's like just a part of our hearts that we're putting out there. Whereas it would be much more beneficial to us and to those who we could potentially serve if we just said, yeah, these are a pair of pants that I need to use because I'm a massage therapist. <laughs> and I don't mean to make light of, you know, the fear that you were feeling at that time. Oh no, I think it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we, we all have something like that, something that we've experienced, you know, a fear that, that we felt when we were asked, what do you do? Even just that simple question. I think, I think we kind of make the modality a part of us. And then if someone rejects massage therapy or cranial sacral or chiropractic or acupuncture, it's, it feels like they're rejecting you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have learned the importance of detaching from outcomes. So let's say you're talking about um, marketing something for your chiropractic business and you're, you know, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go, I don't know, give a talk to a group of people who are struggling with fibromyalgia or whatever it is. And you, you know, you put so much love into it. You make this great presentation and then, you know, you have a call to action at the end. And so, you know, please come up and speak with me afterwards, you know, whatever is your call to action and then crickets and tumbleweeds and you don't, nobody takes you up on it. It's not about 
you. 99% of the time, it's not about us, you know, it's about the people who we're reaching out to, you know, they might have, they might not be able to come and speak with you after the presentation because they've got a meeting they have to be at or whatever it is, you know, but we yeah. take it so, so personally. So to be able to detach from outcomes, to take those teeny baby steps every single day that I was talking about without being attached to the outcome. There's magic in that, that somehow shifts the energy so that things do start to happen. If you can detach, then the, the results start coming in. Does that make sense to you? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think we could probably talk all day about practice and life. <laughs> I have just one more topic that I want to ask you about, and then I want to give you some time to share any, any last thoughts or any um, other points that you want to make before we wrap up. And um, you have mentioned on your website um, and also in your email to me about niching down the work that you do um, and growing your business at the same time. This is something that, that I advocate for often because I feel as though it does play a part in the safety that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet people feel really afraid to do it. They feel as though they're going to be, um, they're going to hurt their business, really. There's lots of fears that come up, um, but they're like, I can't afford to not see everybody. Right. So the concept of niching can feel like, for people who have made it, <laughs> what are your thoughts about how, how to get started? If someone is kind of like, I'm out here just trying, they're being the sandwich board that you mentioned. <laughs> they're like <laughs> walking down the street. Like, do you need a massage? Do you need chiropractic? Do you, yeah. do you need yeah. acupuncture? I can do it all. Right. Um, it can be a really exhausting way to go about growing your business. Yeah. So what do we do differently? How well, do we get started? Yeah. The interesting thing is that trying to be all things to all people just doesn't work. And the way I think about it is that our marketing and what we do to attract people into our business is like holding up a mirror. So I'm holding up a mirror. And if somebody can see themselves in the mirror, they're going to be attracted to me and my work. So, you know, the, the, these are very basic marketing things like not talking about me and the work I do, but talking about the client who I'm trying to attract and the, the struggles that that client has. Um, I think that we are taught actually in school that we need to know all the modalities and know all the things so that we can attract as many people as possible into our practices. But if we don't really have that mirror out there and it's just like everybody, you know, oh, really, who do you work with? Well, I work with people. It's like, nobody knows, oh, I don't know anyone to send to you because you just work with people, right? Yeah. <laughs> but if you say, you know how people can get really bad migraine headaches? And people say, yeah, because almost everybody we know, has, you know, someone has struggles with migraine headaches. You know how people can struggle with migraine headaches? The work that I do is this really gentle work that can help people get relief from their headaches, not only in the moment, but so that they don't come back again. That is a mirror, right? That is being so much more specific than just, oh, I help everybody. So again, it's this paradox that the more you narrow your focus, the easier it is to fill your practice. And I can just share my story, which is I did what everybody else told me to do in massage school. So even though I wanted to do 
craniosacral therapy. And that's where my heart was. And that's where I was passionate. You know, I wanted to learn as much as I could. I also had on my business cards, uh, gosh, Thai massage, hot stone massage, aromatherapy, you know, all of it. And so what would happen is every once in a while, somebody would call, let's say for a Thai massage. And I'd be like, oh yeah, sure. Come in. And then I'm, you know, like madly scrambling, looking at my my books from massage school, trying to remember what a Thai massage is, you know, <laughs> then the person comes in, they get a really mediocre experience because I'm not particularly good at doing it. I just felt like I had to do that because everyone said you have to do that. And then they don't get very good results. So they don't come back. And I feel like I'm a failure. Well, if you narrow your focus, if you niche down and it doesn't have to be by modality, it can be, but you can also niche, you know, with your population, maybe you just really get jazzed about working with children. So just work with children. Um, maybe you are, just want to work with athletes and their particular struggles, you know, whatever it is, what your heart is calling you to do, the more specific, the better you will become known. This is what happened to me. I became known as the person in the area who did craniosacral therapy. You know, anytime that came up, someone said, you need to go see Mindy. Even if it didn't come up, Cranio said, oh, you're struggling with migraines or you're struggling with back pain, you need to go see this person. So it's ironic that the more you narrow your focus, the faster you can fill your practice. And as far as what are the concrete steps to take, the easiest way to do it is to start from the beginning and just have your practice be narrow from the beginning. Um, if you made the mistake that I did and was trying to be everything to everyone, there comes a time when you're going to probably have to make a break. So I think it was in 2007 or so for me, I had to let all of my clients know that, you know, starting on this date, January 1st, I'm no longer going to be taking new massage clients. I'm only going to be focusing on craniosacral therapy. Those of you who have come to me for massage in the past, I will happily work with you, you know, as long as you want to work with me, um, but I'm not, no longer taking any new clients. Then people start to fall away because they know where your heart is. And the interesting thing is, you know, cause that scares people. I know, oh no, people are going to be, begin to fall away. Yeah. But once they do, that opens the door for your real ideal clients to come in. And those are the people that you love helping and they get such good results from your work. They end up telling everybody more people like them. And so then you end up with this full practice of people you really want to work with, who really want to work with you. Well, that was pretty perfect. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more on, well, basically everything that you've, that you've shared today. So thank you. What else would you like to share with our audience before we let them know about something that you have available for them? Yeah. What I would say is, and this is something I told myself over and over again. So if you are listening and you're thinking, well, this all sounds great. I do want to work on my business, but I'm still... Mm, I'm kind of afraid of putting myself out there. I want you to think about this. The people who you can help, the people who you can serve are just waiting for you to get over your fears around marketing. The people who can be helped by the work that you do are out there just waiting for you to get past these fears 
around marketing so that they can find out about you, come in to see you and get the help that they need. Perfect. I love it. Thank you so much. All right. So share with everyone what you have available that they can go get. I think it's on your website for free. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about what would be most helpful for your listeners. And I know that like uh, a lot of the bodywork therapists who I work with, you may be listening and you may have tried a couple of things to work, to, to progress in your practice, but maybe they didn't work and you're not quite sure why. And what it can be sometimes is that you're trying the wrong things for where you are on your journey. So what you need to do to grow your business right when you're starting out is very different than what you're going to need to do to move into that sustain phase of growing your business. So, you know, how do you know where you are on the journey? So I've created this quiz. Um, it's called the Body Worker Clarity Quiz. And you can answer a couple of questions. And then depending on how you answer those questions, you can get a quick start guide to your next steps on your journey for growing your business. So it's 100% free, of course. You can get it on my website. It's mindytotten.com slash quiz. And I think that that will be really helpful for you if you're just, you know, feel like you're spinning your wheels and you want to know, okay, <laughs> what do I need to do next? What are a couple of concrete steps that I can take next, depending on where you are in this journey to get you to that next level? That sounds absolutely perfect because so many times people say they don't know what they need to focus on and what you have available for them in this guide helps them know exactly what to focus on. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Okay. If someone wants to connect with you further and learn more about what you do and who you are, where is the best place for them to go? Yeah. The, um, the best place is, as I said, mindytotten.com. That's my website. And I, if you want to learn more about me and sort of my outlook and how I approach helping body workers, I have a podcast that's called do it with intention. And it comes out once a week and it's me talking. Sometimes it's me interviewing people at other times. And <laughs> this cracks me up, Danielle, because it's called do it with intention for a reason. All the, the business people said that's a terrible name for your podcast. It should be called something like, you know, body worker business basics or something. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I don't want to call it that. So I, I was thinking about how do body workers do it, you know, quote unquote, do it. And I was like, with intention, you know, every single thing that we do needs to be intentional, not just in the techniques in our therapy, but also around our business. So my podcast is called do it with intention and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Perfect. And I know that everyone that's here listening right now loves podcasts. So I'm sure they'll be over checking yours out soon. Well, thank you so, so much. It was such a wonderful opportunity to speak with you and to speak with your listeners today. Thank you so much for what you're doing to grow this business. We really need all of you who are listening. We need all of your healing hands. We sure do. Yes. And thank you. You're welcome. Do you want to make more money without squeezing more patients or clients onto your schedule? If that's you, be sure to take my free class. In it, you'll learn how to bring leveraged income into your practice so you can work less, live more, and help more people than ever before. You can get signed up by going to drdanielleaton.com and click free.